Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is late on a Thursday night. We're recording this roughly an hour after uh, the final buzzer of Nuggets Warriors. The Nuggets win that game by final score of 114 to 104. Don't be deceived. The pace was pretty high. The Nuggets actually played really good defense. This was basically uh, one of their best defensive performances that they've, that they've had all year. And so to help me break it all down, I have two members of the Denver Stiffs with me. Thankful to have Jenna Garcia, social media director on hand. Jenna, how are you? I am doing as good as I can be doing with the situation that we are being dealt in the world right now. It is a, yeah, I, I feel it. Um, it is a pretty tough situation with COVID right now. And the, the beginning of this NBA season has been a grind. Uh, that is for sure. It's, it's been tough. Uh, Denver has been in a tough situation. They've been up and down. Both of these teams are now six and six, uh, the Warriors and the Nuggets. So everybody's basically a 500 team right now, except for a couple teams. And, and that, that makes it kind of boring. Like you, you were saying it was a little bit boring to, to start the year, right? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's so redundant, like life just in general. But you know what? I think my mood is a little bit down because I didn't hit on my big bet for the night. So, mm, um, what was your big bet? I, and I, I took uh, Golden State to cover the spread and um, the over. Almost hit on the over, but you know, Golden State did not keep it as close as I thought they would. Steph didn't hit a couple threes. Um, that were would have would have helped them keep it a little bit closer. Kelly Oubre didn't hit a couple threes, so yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer. Yeah, I mean it's it's good for the Nuggets, bad for Jenna. That's that's basically how the season has been so far. Uh, at the <laughs> at the arena tonight, at Ball Arena, was senior writer for Denver Stiffs, Brandon Ewing. Brandon is on his way home right now. We've uh we've hooked up his phone and and tied it to the dashboard. Of, of his car uh, just so that he doesn't text and drive, but, but he can talk to us. Brandon, how are you? Right. I'm fantastic. I appreciate you having me on. It, it helps me stay awake on my drive home <laughs> and I, I'm happy. The Nuggets won. I've been to three games this year. They're two and one when I've been there. So they're a third of their wins. I've been in the in ball arena. So I'm, I'm a bit of a lucky charm so far. So I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, I might just let you go to all of them from now on because like I I've been in, I've been, at the arena for, I think, uh, have I been there for a win? I, I, I don't think I have. I wasn't there for the Houston game. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still winless when they, when they're at ball arena, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, uh, they, they had a good win tonight, man. Uh, what was, what was the vibe tonight in the arena? The vibe is always rocking because they're, 
they're cranking that music up like there's 40,000 people in there. Like, I told you. <laughs> it's louder than it is when there's 20,000 people and it's game seven of the finals. I can't get over it. It's insane. I'm I'm trying to talk to some of the media members next to me, and I can't even talk to them. It's so loud. Who are you sitting next to tonight? Uh, I sat next to Josh Dover and Anilo tonight. So two two great guys, and, and we had a good Solid time. We, we enjoyed we enjoyed Bull Bull starting and proceeding to play like four minutes. I think it was actually like nine minutes. But then uh, just enjoyed watching Nikola Jokic pretty much dominate and. Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry is one of my favorite players to watch in the entire NBA. That dude is just so savvy and just so good. And I, I really just like how he plays the game. So I really, really enjoyed watching Steph Curry. I know he's on the opposite team, but anytime I can get a chance to watch him, I have a great night. No, I totally agree, man. Uh, he's one of the the icons of this generation. And, and I think it is deservedly so because he just has so much shooting talent and does so many other things on the floor as well. He had 11 rebounds tonight. He he did have seven turnovers, and I thought Nikola Jokic and, and Monte Morris were, were responsible for a lot of them, and so was Jamal Murray. But uh, he, he was great, uh, Curry, but they just don't have a lot beyond that. Like, Jenna, you, you were you were hoping for, for a better performance from Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, but they just didn't really bring it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All I said was Kelly Oubre. I don't know how – don't put words in my mouth here, Ryan. <laughs> I, people take my bets seriously, so I don't, I don't need you putting things out there on my name. But, but yeah, no, Kelly Oubre has had – his last couple games, he's – uh, really been on you know he's kind of finding his stroke so I definitely thought that he was going to be up there I kind of projected him more at like 17 15 15 points you know 17 right. if he had a really good night and I thought the Nuggets um, struggled with him in their preseason game a little bit because they don't have somebody for that like longer lanky guy who can shoot from outside but also can uh, drive to the rim so you know I I thought he potentially could um, take advantage of that, but like you said, they, they played pretty good defense tonight. Yeah, and I thought that they they found some really good good stuff around Jokic, uh, Murray, Barton, Morris, Jamichael Green in that closing group. Uh, that that group was really really good, and and I was really really impressed with it. But but let's start with Jokic. He gets his fifth triple double tonight. Uh, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. He continues to rack up the steal numbers. He's got 10 in the last two games. Uh, that's kind of just nuts. Uh, he he didn't even hit a three tonight, and and I think that's that's been the one part of his game that's been extremely reliable, or not one part, but like it's been a part of his game that's been extremely reliable. But he didn't even need it tonight. He was just dominant inside. Uh, Skip, what did you what did you see on the ground, and and were the Warriors as frustrated with him in the arena as we thought they were on TV? Yeah, I would say they were, especially in the second half. They actually controlled Jokic okay in the first half in terms of scoring the basketball, he, he scored a lot of his points in the second half. And like you mentioned, he didn't make any threes, but he did a fairly good job at getting to the free throw line and getting easy points. It was actually a really fun battle to watch between him and James Wiseman. I think James Wiseman is a really good young player. I mean, he's got a lot of bounce to him. And the cool thing about, um, obviously you want fans in the stand, but the cool thing about no fans in the stand is that it really allows me to like focus on guys 
So, like, I can watch what each player is doing, like, on the bench when they're talking to the coaches, all that stuff. And Jokic was incredibly engaged. You should have seen him when Jermichael Green was making threes. I mean, I've never seen him more hyped. He was almost all the way down by where Michael Malone was standing. He was so excited. So, I mean, I think uh, the Warriors were definitely frustrated with Jokic. But, I mean, he's just fantastic. He's playing MVP-type level right now, and it really is a joy to watch. We're going to talk more about it. I've been very happy to see it with him. Jenna, were you going to say something? I mean, I can. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't. I, going to. <laughs> we're we're getting some residual noise, and I thought you were piping up to speak, and I just I cut you off. Like that's what I thought. Uh, oh no, <laughs> no worries. Uh, uh, but what? Hey, what did you think of of Jokic tonight? Like, like what really stood out with his game? What was the what was the key factor? I mean, I think if we really want to talk about the key factor, we need to really call him by his true name. And that is been told to us tonight. The cookie, cookie monster. monster. He's a cookie oh, monster. Yes, that's right. Oh. <laughs> he is the cookie monster. Jokic is not like, I feel like everyone just wants to put him in this box. And then when he doesn't fit in that box, they're like, okay, well then he's just really good at passing and that. And now he's in this other box. That's like, more his shape, you know, at first it was a square, he didn't fit, so they made it a rectangle. He fits a little bit, but he's not perfectly in there because he's so many things. He's not just good at one thing. He he is a phenomenal passer, yes, but his basketball IQ just allows him to be fantastic. You know, three steals for, for Jokic. He doesn't just facilitate, but he was playing some really good defense. Um, and I think important, too, the fact that he didn't really get into – nearly as much foul trouble as we've seen in the last few games. You know, um, this team, this was a pretty aggressive game. I thought that the, the refs really allowed these guys to play a few times. I mean, even at one point when we're worried that Will Barton might have been injured again, just because of what's been going on with Will in the last, you know, Several well, months, a really but... sloppy closeout by the Warriors there. That was that was yeah. a dangerous play, and I like, two guys ran into him, and Andrew Wiggins took out his knees. Like that was that was scary. Yeah, it was it was definitely scary. So it, I thought it was pretty physical. I thought Jermichael Green was being physical, like Looney was being physical. There were a lot of physicality in that game, and I thought it was it's important to note that Jokic is like controlling his fouls and not you know being able to manage that because it is another level of his game and he just continues to like prove people wrong like i just i i love him i think we need to make a shirt where he's like you know like the virgin mary but it's Jokic in the middle that's what i'm gonna make or we that's could just make I'm a cookie monster shirt that seems I mean, like a cookie monster. that would sell like hotcakes or like hot cookies i guess <laughs> Well, here's the thing. We're just inviting more body shaming of Jokic at that point. Oh, man. We could, we could make him the skinny cookie monster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's been unbelievable. I've been really impressed with him. We'll talk more about his MVP case in just a little bit. But uh, uh, one thing I do want to mention, uh, actually, uh, let's, let's skip Murray for now and, and talk about him later. Uh, Bull Bull, he did start as, as Skip mentioned. Michael Malone had a really quick hook for him at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, gave him about two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes, and he was done. Uh, any Anything to take away from the Bull Bull performance, Skip, or, or do we just need to see more of him? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing you can really take away is he's, he just doesn't look very comfortable out there. 
And I mean, you'll see spurts of greatness where he makes like a really cool play, but then you'll, you hit a couple turnovers tonight where I just, I just think he didn't know what to do with the basketball. And I'm not going to put that on him. It's not like he's got a whole bunch of minutes out there and now he's playing against an NBA starting five. So, I mean, he goes from no minutes to playing against a starting unit. So it's tough. And Malone mentioned after the game, how he just wanted to keep the bench unit together. So I I understand starting bull. And and like you said, he had a really quick trigger, especially in the second half. So, I mean, he did, he did some good things. He had a couple dunks. He had a really nice block. I think it was on James Wiseman at the beginning of the game that just looked effortless. I mean, it was the easiest block I've ever seen. So he, he has spurts of like, I mean, this guy could be a contributor in the future. I just don't really see it right now and the game's just moving a little too fast for him once it slows down though i think it'll be fine i i certainly hope so i think you you start to see the the tools and the talented plays that he could make at the beginning of this game he only played in the first quarter and at the very beginning of the third quarter but had a really impressive block against james wiseman to open the game had a really nice fingertip uh fingertip right or finger roll layup good lord like how how could i uh he had a really nice layup Cool. Uh, and, and then he, of course, has a great shooting touch that when he is locked in, when he's ready to go, he can shoot 40% from three. I genuinely believe that. So I, I still think that there is a place in an NBA rotation for him as he continues to get adjusted, as he continues to grow. But some of these things just take time. He's still so young. And and he, like you said, he's still so inexperienced. Uh, yeah, and you you mentioned the shooting. You mentioned the shooting there, and there was numerous times tonight where he he was like wide open, and it just seemed like the Nuggets players on the floor were just begging him to shoot, and then he just yeah. passes the ball. So I think that's just something he needs to learn. Is just, I mean, he could shoot one of six, and and that's fine. That's better than making a turnover. It gives you a chance to get an offensive board and maybe an easy bucket. So I think if he just cuts it loose and shoots, he's going to be a lot more successful. Uh, Jenna, do you have any strong takes about the starting unit, uh, like Will Barton or, or Bull Bull, or uh, should we hit a break yeah. and talk about the bench after? You know, I actually really do disagree with like with um, the like that. There's nothing we can take away from these, the, like you know, from this Bull Bull experience of him starting. I think there's a couple things you can take away. I think one Bull is being put in some really good situations to learn from like maybe he's not handling it perfectly but he's at least learning what it feels like learning what it looks like to fail and the only real way that you're ever gonna get anywhere is by failing so he's getting really an opportunity to go out there and just kind of fail and it's it's I don't think that I think that he's not playing in that second part of the game because that like that opportunity no longer (laughs) is important to like winning but um, I do think that he's he's learning a lot and, and being put in a lot of really good situations, uh, especially like defensively. And I do agree, though, that he does look a little bit like nervous or shaky on the offensive side. Like he's not really sure when he should uh, shoot that ball. But I also think we're you're getting the opportunity or he's getting the Nuggets as, as a team are getting the chance to kind of showcase him a little bit, show teams like his value show teams what he can do those blocks and stuff like that I think you know he's he's showing a little bit of something so I think we we can take a couple good things away from it that's a good point and and one of the interesting things I'll, I'll, I'll compare this to last season 
when the Nuggets were doing the same thing with Michael Porter Jr., where they were trying to get him on the floor. They had a really good situation around him where the bench was good, the starters were good, and and in this case, uh, Denver had an opportunity to put him with the starters, and, and they didn't play him for a long time. They still came up with a 10-point win, but they got him some needed reps. They got him some needed 10 minutes, and he was able to kind of help help the Nuggets get through this game. And I don't know if they get through this game if they if they just cut him from, from the rotation and they have to play uh, Monte Morris 35 minutes a night or P.J. Dozier 30 minutes a night or, or, or whatnot. So it is a good point, and, and – Denver has a lot of opportunities with so many of these young guys that if there are missing pieces, then why not just plug in the young guys? Why not just put them in? I thought that RJ Hampton was actually in line to get some time tonight. I'm surprised that he didn't. Uh, Bull Bull is, is getting that opportunity ahead of him, but I, I hope to see more young guys in the future because this was a good learning experience, as you say. Um, okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk more in depth about the bench unit. I thought that there was a lot of great takeaways there. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by two special guests, Jenna Garcia, Brandon Ewing, having a grand old time. Skip's driving on his way home, and we're just we're gonna keep him engaged with the uh, with the amazing podcasting that we do on on this platform at all times. Uh, so first, uh, Brandon, I will go to you. I'm gonna ask you uh, if you had to pick an MVP off the bench tonight between Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, and Jamichael Green. Who would you pick? Well, I think I'm going to pick Jermichael Green just because he has just fit in incredibly. And his three-point shooting was phenomenal tonight. I think the Warriors had cut it to – I mean, they'd cut it to within six or seven points in the fourth quarter, and then Jermichael Green made a the key, and that, that really helped steady the Nuggets. It was kind of the dagger for the Warriors' comeback. So I thought he was fantastic. He fell just one rebound shy of a double-double. But, again, I also thought Monte Morris was really good. Monte Morris has been – incredible all season the the only weird thing was is he had a turnover tonight so i kind of thought that was going to be bad news for the nuggets that that was in the fourth quarter so it was a bad start but i mean he he steadied the ship and you mentioned pj dozier i thought pj dozier had some solid minutes i think when pj dozier is slashing cutting to the basket and getting those easy buckets that's that's where he lives when he's creating with the basketball and all that i I don't want that i want monte morris to do that i want pj dozier to slash i want him to cut i want him to draw fouls I want him to play defense. He had some pretty good defensive possessions tonight. He struggled a few times with Andrew Wiggins, but that's just Andrew Wiggins deciding whether to be good or bad on every other possession, so you never really know what you're going to get. So I thought P.J. Dozier was solid. I thought the bench unit as a whole were really good tonight. 
it's great. It's been it's been a really big buffer for Denver that last year they they had a consistent bench unit that when that group came into the game, uh, it it ultimately found in a nice footing with with Porter out there, with Grant out there, with Plumley out there, uh, and and with Morris. And then sometimes you'd have Beasley before he was traded. Sometimes you've had Craig. Sometimes you'd rotate in Jamal, uh, but there are some really nice pieces with that group. And I think that three have really stood out as, as you, as we, we just talked about Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Jermichael green, uh, Jenna, do you have a different take on the MVP or, or do you agree with skip that it's, it's gotta be green this time? Um, I probably would have given it to, to Monte just because I think he just facilitated so much. You notice he has the ball in his hand in the last few minutes of the game alone just trust him so much. And I, I think he's just been phenomenal for over such a long, you know, several games like Skip did say. Um, yeah. And I agree with him about like his PJ Dozier take uh, as well. You know, he was pretty, uh, pretty spot on there too. I agree that he needs to just be off ball and kind of cutting and slashing. He's so, so good at the rim. Um I always, I mean, I feel like pretty confident that it's going to go in when he's finishing at the rim. So I like him in that role as well. Yeah. And, and green's been good. Green's been good. He plays like it's like the nineties, but he's been good. <laughs> well, the, uh, the nuggets need somebody who's in the nineties because, uh, Bull Bull and Michael and Michael Porter jr. They, they play like it's 2030 and we're not even there yet. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, it's been nice to have some stability with that group. Jermichael Green, like like you said, he's traditional, uh, but he does give them an opportunity when Hartenstein struggles. Uh, I thought Hartenstein gave gave them a couple of good minutes, but but when he had to when he had to slide out, uh, Jermichael Green slid over, and and when when Jokic got into foul trouble in the in the first half, uh, Jermichael Green slid into the center spot. So. He does a lot of great things. He actually led the team in plus minus tonight with plus 12. Uh, I think that's a really, it's a really good indicator of the impact that he's having in his minutes. Uh, But the way that that bench unit has sort of come together, really, it kind of begs the question when, when Porter comes back, I assume that he's going to be a starter. When Gary Harris comes back, I assume that he's going to be a starter. It might take a couple games. Uh, maybe maybe they'll let them get adjusted. But Michael Malone made made a, a point on Tuesday night after the Brooklyn loss saying, hey, we're missing two starters. And so I think he views those guys as starters, and he views Will Barton as the guy who's going to come off the bench as the sixth man. So when that when that does happen, are you concerned about the chemistry all over again? It, it just It feels like this group is finally finding a rhythm. And, and when guys come back into the rotation, that, that might be upset. Skip, what do you think? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you the same question before you posed it. It's, uh, I'm not really concerned if it's Will Barton coming off the bench. I think if it's Will Barton coming off the bench, I think they're going to be fine because those guys have really developed some cohesion between Green, Dozier, and Morris. And I think if you add Barton to the mix, I think it's going to be perfectly fine. I think Will's going to be a facilitator. He's going to score when he has to. He's going to get rebounds. And, and I actually think the bench unit might be a little more improved. And they've been really good these past few games. I mean, I just want to go back to Green a little bit. He did some great things tonight. There was, there was a few plays at the end of the shot clock where it looked like the Nuggets had nothing. And he made a great cut. I think Jokic found him a few times. And he's got an easy bucket. He got a few offensive rebounds tonight. They were huge. I mean, that guy's just a dog. He's someone you need on your team. And if you combine him, and Will on the bench. I mean, that is just a savage duo right there. 
and you combine them with Morris and Dozier, I think it could be, I think it could be pretty solid. And I, it would just have to be Bart coming off the bench. I think if it was Michael Porter or Gary Harris, it'd probably be a little different. It might, you know, restart the the group kind of finding their chemistry again. But I think if you threw Bart in the mix with them, they'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, Jenna, does that mean that that Faku Composo is kind of the odd man out there? He he only played 12 minutes tonight. Uh, he he doesn't necessarily have a, a perfect role while he's out there. I thought I thought he was up and down in in his minutes tonight. Uh, is is that the guy that that you then possibly replace in that rotation, or or is is there some more creative solution that I'm not really thinking of right now? No, I'm not sure that there is something more creative. Um... I, I do think that there is cons- at least I know Skip said he wasn't concerned. Uh, I, I would, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Gary Harris. I'm concerned that, you know, I mean, I know we saw like, you know, four good games, a week worth of good games from him or decent games from him, but I don't know that that sticks around. I don't know that, that I am confident in that sticking around at this point. I think it's concerning that we don't know anything about the situation at hand with him. Like all we know is it's not supposedly not COVID and personal and, you know, I don't really know what to, to, to really take away from that. And I think that's exactly how fans feel at this point too. Um, I don't know that Gary's really been that great with the starting unit. I don't, I don't know that he wouldn't be better with the, with the bench unit. So I think, Malone is going to struggle and tinker again. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult, not to mention the fact that we already know that the usage gets messed up once MPJ is on the floor, at least between him and Murray, there's a little bit of uh, a struggle there. Murray hasn't been as good when MPJ has been on the floor with him. Yeah. Every, all of these questions are, are certainly important. Uh, they're going to take time. Like it's, it's just never going to be something that Denver is going to figure out immediately. Uh, but you could be right that maybe the best configuration for this group is, is keeping Will Barton out there with the starters. He's been, he's been pretty solid, especially lately. Uh, uh, he, he did go six of 15 tonight, but he made another three threes. And, and that's, that's an important factor that this bench or the, the starting unit needs spacing and they need somebody who's going to consistently take those shots. And, uh, if you look at it with the bench, I think their identity right now is is mostly defense. Uh, I thought that they had some really great defensive possessions. Maybe if you put Gary on that bench and and replace uh, replace Faku Campazo with him, you've still got Monte Morris, you've still got Gary Harris, PJ Dozier at the three, Jamichael Green at the four, Isaiah Hartenstein at the five. Uh, that's another great solid unit. Like I, I think. It, it doesn't really struggle that much offensively if you keep the ball with with Morris and with Green and with with Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, is is that something that you might consider if, if you're if you're Denver, Jenna? I mean, I think you have to try it, right? You have to try every lineup. You have to see what the guys can do with one another, and you don't know about the the chemistry that can develop between two players or a set of players. So I think it's something that it's worth trying, and at least tinkering with checking out a few minutes I do worry about the offense like the ability to pr- produce offense um when that unit didn't have green on it right when it, now that you add green I think you get a, a more options and and then again you know as long as PJ is cutting and it's being facilitated by Monte I think 
I'm worried less because of Green being in there and having the moving PJ out uh, off ball. But um, I think, yeah, you definitely try that. It feels it feels like they have some things to work through, and and there is no perfect solution. Uh, there could be a bunch of several. Uh, there could be several good solutions. There could be several meh solutions. Like we're 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 unclear at this point. But the good news is is that they're six and six. The bench has really started to come together, and that's that's really buffered a starting unit that that's had a couple of guys that have been out lately. So, uh, skip any any parting thoughts on on the bench unit before we hit another break. Um, I will just say, I think a, a really good role for Faku Campazo is just like, like, it's just, it's obviously going to be spot time, but just like that dude who comes in for like 10 minutes a game. And if he fouls out, I mean, you don't really care because he's going to get in the other guy's head. He's going to play solid defense. I mean, he had a pretty, a few good reps tonight against Steph Curry and some of the bench guys from the Warriors. I mean, there's a visible difference when he's on the floor and how hard he plays defensively. So, I mean, I, I could care less if he picks up a couple fouls in 10 minutes. And it, it, he's obviously not going to play every game. But, I mean, we saw what he did in, like, a Timberwolves game against D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he made life hell for that guy for, like, an entire half. So, I think he definitely still has the role. And if he fouls out, I mean, who really cares? Because he, he did what he had to do. He got in someone's head. So, I, I think he definitely still has a role. It's just going to be, like you said, they got to work on a whole bunch of different things. And I don't really think we're going to get a clear image on – where this Nuggets team or where this rotation is probably until around game 25 or 30. I mean, it's going to take another month or so just to see where this Nuggets team is moving forward. All good points. Uh, that's that's very solid stuff. Uh, let's, let's hit another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. We'll be right back. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you for tuning in on this. Uh, for us, it's a late Thursday night. It's about to be early Friday morning because that's just how we roll. Uh, Skip is is out. Uh, Jenna's here as well. Uh, been been having a grand old time with these two. Uh, make sure to check out everything on DenverStiffs.com and on this podcast platform because we consistently put out good podcasts and and want to continue to do that. So everybody check it out. Leave a five-star review and send us a, uh, a five-star rating and send us a, a positive review. Uh, Ryan, you're okay. like Nuggets Claws. Because you say grand I, old I, time. <laughs> you're Nuggets Claws. I, <laughs> I don't understand why that phrase has become so ingrained into my brain, but like I use it all the time. All the time. <laughs> you're the grand old time. I am the, I am the grand old time. Uh, okay, uh, Jamal Murray. I, I want to talk about him over this road trip that the Nuggets just underwent. He was he was pretty absent. Uh, didn't take a lot of shots. Wasn't super involved in everything that they were doing ever since uh, ever since they lost to Dallas, where where I think he he went about eight of nineteen or something like that for for twenty one points. It was a it was a relatively inefficient night. Uh, he hadn't taken as many shots, and he had been playing more off ball. He wasn't ingratiating himself with the offense, uh, integrating. That's, that's a better word. Um, Jenna, are, 
are you concerned that the shot isn't really falling for Jamal right now, or, or or is it more just about him getting involved in other areas and staying staying positive and doing other things for the team to win? Yeah, I think it's more of the second one, to be honest. Um, I don't think he's shooting as much each game as he was last year, and. I know everyone is really concerned about Jamal and everyone seems to think, you know, there's a lot of conspiracies on what's going on, uh, which is hilarious to me, probably hilarious to Jamal too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. He's probably just like, I'm, I'm playing bad guys. Sorry. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or maybe he's just like, I'm working on being, you know, more unselfish or something, you know, I'm not sure. I think that the thing with, Jamal is that every year it kind of seems like no one's ever happy or it's never good enough, whatever performance he's putting out. Um, Obviously with the bubble, everyone was like, okay, well now he's just going to play this way all the time. And I do think there is a level of like what's at stake and, and like the risk almost like it's, he even gets up for certain matchups, you know, like tonight for Steph Curry right at the jump when Steph like came and stole the ball at, at the very, like one of the first couple possessions. And um, it was like, okay, we're going to actually hustle. Okay. We're going to actually like steal from each other. You know, like I think he has to have a little bit of that competition there um, to, to kind of get started. And I don't know. I, I don't want to believe that it's a, that it's his shots not falling. I want to believe that it's him kind of trying to mature his game and trying to expand what his role is for this team. It's a great point. I think, I think, and I, I made, the, I made this point pregame too, that uh, the the point guards that he faced on the road trip were Tyrese Maxey, who's a rookie in like his first start, uh, Alfred Payton of the, of the New York Knicks. And then they had Bruce Brown of the, of the Brooklyn Nets. And it could have been Ben Simmons. It could have been, RJ Barrett for, for more of that time with New York. And it could have been uh, Kyrie Irving and, and he was probably pretty disappointed not to face either any of them. Uh, and then he did get an opportunity to face uh, Steph Curry tonight and he just missed open shots. Like that's, that's kind of where I come down on this, that if he had hit his open shots, then people wouldn't care if he had missed his open shots, like he did tonight, then people are going to make a stink about it. Um, so I, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, three turnovers, uh, three turnovers. You like to, you like to knock that down, but he's still a plus eight. He's still doing a lot of good things out there. Like uh, Skip, what were you seeing from him? Was he, was he visibly frustrated with the shot not falling when you were out there or what, what was kind of the vibe with him tonight? Yeah, he was, he was frustrated a couple of times. You, you could tell in the fourth quarter, I think the Nuggets – actually, it might have been when Steve Kerr called a timeout. The Nuggets just had a meeting, and he kind of went and sat by himself on the, the bench and kind of just collected his thoughts. And like you said, I, I think he just missed open shots tonight. But the one thing I really noticed tonight that was a difference in Jamal than he, he's shown the past few weeks is he was just much more engaged. He was engaged offensively. He was shooting a lot more shots. And I know they weren't going in, but, I mean – him shooting more shots is key to the Nuggets' success. And I I noticed the first couple of games I went to, he kind of just looked tired, and he just didn't look as engaged out there. And tonight he did, and I think the rebounds are, are a clear stat that reflect that. And Michael Malone talked after the game that it was 
imperative for Jamal to, to get the boards because that really does get him going. And, and I mean, he almost got a double-double. So those nine rebounds are big for him. And I really think these these next two games are going to be huge for Jamal. I think Sunday night, a matchup against Utah, a team that he always gets up to play, him and Donovan Mitchell, I think he's going to be excited. I think it could be a turning point for him because he's had a rough start to the season. It could be a huge game for him. It could really be the turn. And then if he could follow it up with another solid performance Tuesday night against the Thunder, I think it could really get him going. And he's just got to get some shots to fall. Once he can see the ball go through the rim, I think that it's going to help him out a lot. And I think tonight was the first step. The shots didn't go in, but him attempting it is a very good sign. And I think it's going to be good for the Nuggets moving forward as long as they can just start falling. Love it. I think it's going to be good. I I, I know Jenna's going to be going to that game, so I, I hope she gets to see a Murray flurry. Uh we, we haven't seen a lot of it this year with him, uh, but when he is on, he's he's one of the most unguardable players in the league. Uh, the Nuggets have another, like, frankly, unguardable player right now in Nikola Jokic when, when he wants to be. He was uh, 23, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. Mentioned it already, but he went seven of seven from the line. Just looks, like, absolutely engaged out there. Skip, you picked up on this uh, at the with a, with the reaction to the Jermichael green three while he was, while he was on the bench, but uh, he is as engaged and affecting the game and, and in a very positive way, as I think I've ever seen him do it for a prolonged stretch of time. Uh, Jenna, is, is this the best we've ever seen Nikola Jokic play? Oh yeah. I mean, I think so. I think it's the best we've seen. I don't think it's the best we will see. I think he's probably got a little bit more in his tank. And even if he doesn't, is there much more we can ask of him? <laughs> like, yeah, honestly. no, hey, it's a great point. It's a great point. <laughs> what more do you want him to do? Like, also referee the game? Like, that way, that's the only thing he doesn't do. So, uh, you know, I, I would have said that, like, like, hey, he he has to go for the one-handed tomahawk or, or whatnot in in game in in a non-preseason environment. But he tried to throw down a reverse tonight and nearly nearly got all of the rim. Like it was, it was very impressive. He took James Wiseman's spun baseline and and just just doing a reverse dunk while getting fouled. It was very cool. Yeah, not to mention entertaining. Like I seriously don't know how this man isn't the face of the league already. Like he's the most fun to player to watch. Like he just does every different thing you could possibly think of. Um, I think he'd probably be getting a little bit more fanfare if the Nuggets weren't six and six, you know, and yeah. if Jamal Murray was drawing a, a little bit more attention than he has recently. But but I did watch a commercial during one of the breaks um, on today's broadcast, and I was actually watching um, Golden State's broadcast, but um, there was a commercial and it had Jamal Murray in it several times, several clips of Jamal Murray, no Nikola Jokic clips in it. And I thought that was really interesting. Had Luca, you know, had AD and all the other guys, but no Nicola, like, interesting. I mean, thank you for putting Jamal in for sure, at least represent us in some way, but no Nicola Jokic? What? Yeah, the uh, the bubble really changed a lot of things for for how the NBA views the Nuggets. And Jamal Murray is a more marketable star. He's, he's more online. Uh, he is, is very invested in his shoes and, and he was with Adidas for a while, but is now with, uh, with, uh, who, who is he with now, Jenna? Remind me. Um, he's with New Balance. 
Yeah, uh, that's 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 right. Um, he's with New Balance now, and he's one of the one of the best players on that on their listing. So he's he's somebody that they they have a lot tied to uh, because of how impactful he was in the bubble and 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 I hope they continue to appreciate Nicola for the player that he is because I think that this is his MVP year. Uh, the Lakers have they they're, they're not as dominant as they as they once were. They aren't running away for with the with the conference or anything like that. Uh, LeBron is merely great as opposed to spectacular. Um, Giannis is coming off of a two-time MVP. I don't think that the NBA is going to give him another. Uh, is is this like Skip? Can you think of anybody in the league right now that has a better MVP case than Nikola Jokic? No, I can't think of anyone at all. And, and I read all these articles that are trying to make like Joel Embiid the MVP, and, and that's just because Joel Embiid plays in Philadelphia, and like everybody loves Philadelphia sports for some reason. Philadelphia sports are unreal. I mean, Nikola Jokic is playing in Denver. He's moving like silence, like the G in lasagna. You don't even, you can't even, you don't even know. You never hear from him. You just never hear from him. And I, I think if he averages a triple double, and if he can record, let's say over around 25 triple doubles on the year. I think he's got an incredible case to be MVP. Average a triple double, get over 25. The Nuggets record could be freaking six and 66. Wouldn't even matter. Give him the MVP because he's just that good. People just have to give him more more respect that he deserves, I think. And, and we obviously get to see it every single game. No, Nobody on the East Coast is watching – a Warriors Nuggets game at 10 o'clock their time. That, that's just how it is. It's like when Christian McCaffrey did win the Heisman. No one's watching his games. So, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have to do our best to try to say, hey, this guy's an MVP candidate. And hopefully it'll work just because no one watches him but us. So it, it's it's our job. It's our duty to get it out there. And that's why I'm over. That's why. I'm on fire with these highlight videos after each game because Nicole Jokic just giving me free content every single game. Triple. It's true. Just keep it's true. I can attest to this. Like a <laughs> Skip's no, numbers you are know, great. They're... You know, like, I do think, though, Skip, like, there are people watching Nicola. And we have, we like forget about these people, but they're like our people who even respond to, I'm sure, have responded to all of our tweets at some point who are from Serbia or who are watching in Israel. There was a guy who responded to one of my tweets tonight about that he was watching in the middle of the night in Israel. So like, I think we we think like so myopically about like the United States is not the whole world. You know, there's like so much more people in Eastern Europe who think Nikola Jokic is the greatest gift to basketball, which by the way, he is, if you haven't realized it. So you know, there's a lot of people who are watching him. And I think if the league would actually be doing itself a disservice in the marketing of, you know, Jamal Murray's great too. You know, he's an international star in his, himself. But I think you're hitting, you're missing like 200 million people by not promoting Nikola Jokic because that's, a, that's an international superstar. I mean, he's a known name over in that area of Eastern Europe. And there's a lot of people over there. Uh, once one uh, tweet that scrolled across my timeline just now last two games for Nikola Jokic, he's racked up 46 points, 22 rebounds, 21 assists, 10 steals. He's the first NBA player to have at least 40 points, 20 rebounds, 20 assists, and 10 steals 
in a two-game span since Michael Jordan in 1989. Uh, that's that's quite the impressive company for a center. Like that dude's racked up 21 assists and 10 steals in the last two games. Like, what are we even talking about here? There's nobody in the NBA that has that much versatile, impactful play on both ends of the floor that, that Nikola Jokic is doing right now. No, nope. um, not even close. He's, he's by far the best center in the league. He's by far a top five player in the league, along with guys like Giannis, Steph Curry, LeBron. I mean, he's, he's with those guys. He's literally right next to him. So, I mean, he's been phenomenal to start the season. I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the year because I mean, the, the guy just does stuff effortlessly. I don't even look at the, the box score because I'm too busy watching him. And then I look up in the third quarter and the dude's almost got a triple double again. I mean, and I couldn't even tell when I was watching it because he just looks, he just plays the game so free and effortlessly. It's not like he's hunting triple doubles. It just happens, which I think is the, the beauty of watching Nikola Jokic is stuff just happens. Good, good things come to those who grind, to those who work hard, and he's the epitome of that. And it, it's shown through 12 games so far. Right. And it's like such a joy for him to play the game. Like, it just seems like he's just enjoying himself, to be honest. And I will say, like, I think over the years, it's been a huge criticism of Jokic's game that, like, he has slow starts or that he, um, you know, go. there are certain games that stand out. I think every year there's one or two games where we're like, uh, he didn't shoot the ball at all in this quarter or at all in this half. And we were, you know, really nervous about whether he could genuinely like take over an offense and was he willing to do that? And I don't think all of the criticisms that have been said about Jokic in the past, like you can't say that anymore. He He's slimmed down his body. He's improved defensively. He's shooting the ball more. He's making more shots. What more do you want the guy to do? Uh, his, his worst game on basketball references game logs for game score was his 19 point 12 rebound, 12 assists, triple double. Uh, in which he won over Minnesota. He was a plus 27. The only reason was because he had seven turnovers. Mm. He's unbelievable. I, I, I love watching him all the time. And, and they're like, he's definitely my favorite player there. There is nobody else at this point. Um, okay. Well, we have to kick off the MVP chance now. Like that's, that's, that's our goal as Denver stiffs. We just have to, to run the MVP calls and the, like hold that bandwagon together. Uh, are you two yeah. with me? I'm with you, oh, dude. We're the, we're the campaign managers. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, Hell seriously. You should just label this episode the one where Jenna is Nicola's biggest fan ever, or where we all are <laughs> Nicola's biggest fan ever. <laughs> we we stan a skinny king. That's uh <laughs> that that might be the uh that might be the, the title of this pod. The cookie oh, monster man. does it again. Right. Oh, we stand a skit. We, we stand a skinny monster. cookie monster. That's that's <laughs> the one. That's the one. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Thank you so much to you two for hopping on real quick. Uh, you can find Brandon at bskip one seven one seven. You can find Jenna Garcia at Vita Viva Diva. Both of them on Twitter. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Denver Stiffs podcast channel and check out all these these great episodes that we're putting out. Uh, recorded a nice one with TJ McBride uh, yesterday, and, and we, we touched on a lot of different stuff. So uh, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next week.